You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Samantha Novak or Sam. Um, anybody who's been in the copy sphere and is involved in Facebook groups and so forth has probably seen a comment or feedback from Sam. So I'm really excited to have you on, Sam. Uh, I know that you have a lot of interesting insight. And just for a young lady um, that's been in the space for a couple of years, you've you've literally gone from unknown to like everybody knowing your name, regardless <laughs> of whether they worked for you or not, worked with you or not. Um, and I think that's really, to me, that's really impressive. So I'm really happy that, you know, you, you, you're taking some time to talk to us today. Um, and I want to explore a little bit about all this different stuff that you're doing. You're not just doing copy, you're helping with, you know, uh, managing the group on copy accelerator, which is a very big, uh, copywriting program and also all these other little ventures. And, um, you know, I, for, for, like I said, for somebody who's been in the space for just a couple of years, I'm very impressed, um, you know, with everything that you've gone to accomplish because it, it does take, it takes a, like a character and takes somebody who's willing to kind of put themselves out there. And it's very difficult for people to put themselves out there. I remember I started my career on my own. Like I w I worked for many places and then I started 12 years ago and just going somewhere and talking to people was probably the hardest thing that I had to do. Cause I was like, I don't know if anybody wants to talk to me and whatever. Oh, and it did take me a little while, but one thing I was good at, which I identify with you, because I think you're very good at this is making connection with people and just kind of putting it out there. And if it, if it works, it works. And if people appreciate it, they appreciate it. And if they don't, they don't, you know what I mean? So uh, it takes, it takes guts, you know? So I, I commend you with that. And I do want you to give me a quick, a, a little quick kind of um, overview of, you know, the last couple of years and what brought you there actually, so we can know your journey. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you brought up too, like when you're first getting started and you don't want to put yourself out there and you're scared because I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, my journey has been, it's like, it's four years now. I, sometimes I lose track of the year. So it's, it's either four or five at this point. Um, you know, but the first couple of years that I was in this, I did not make a lot of progress. And so a lot of people ask me like, oh, how did you get to be so, 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 so successful so fast? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. It's not that fast, right? It just looks like it from the outside in. And so that's kind of always like a caveat that I tell people too, is like, don't, you know, don't pay too much attention to people who are talking about overnight successes. They went from zero to something. They probably spent years beforehand doing stuff that didn't work. And I know that that was the case for me. You know, I spent the first year that I was doing this, I was like a, an info hoarder. Like, so I was just buying everything and hoarding info because I never felt that I was qualified enough to help people um, do stuff. And so I did information hoarding. Then I started working with clients, but I had this, this fear of networking. And I thought networking is bad and I'm not good at it. I'm like a 99% introvert. I don't want to have to talk to people like all this kind of stuff. And so I, I avoided, you know, going to events and, and getting to know people in the market. And, you know, my first um, coach almost kind of like demonized that kind of stuff. Like, oh, you don't have to do that. It's like schmoozing. And so I had this negative view of you know, like getting to know other people in the, in the market and what I had to do to network with other people. And so I was really put off by that for a long time. So it's like now it's October. Um, I'm making no money. I'm like in the red for the first time since I've started actually writing for people. I'm feeling like really, really low. So, you know, that prior month, I used the last of the money that I had that I had earned and I buy a ticket to a live event for the first time. It was CCL 2019. Um, 
in the meantime, I'm not like no money is coming in. And so I actually accept a part time job nearby, like, you know, it comes up manifestation, whatever doors opening. And so someone that I used to work with has moved on to a different company. They really value me. They're like, why don't you come, you know, work for us? And I'm like, well, I've had a taste of freedom, so I'm not, I'm not doing a full time thing. But why don't I come in part time because I needed some kind of money? And I was having that that moment of crisis that I think every new copywriter has when stuff doesn't work out. And you're like, oh, I'm going to have to go back to my old job and all this kind of stuff, which you know, I know now looking back that those are the moments where you just have to push through. You, you really do. Um, basically, it's a test. That's the thing is, if, if this was easy and everyone could do it and it always was like smooth sailing, then everyone would do this. But they don't. And it's because it's not always going to work out. And we have to go through these losses before we get to the wins. That's how it works. Um, so, yeah, so I, I do that. I do two weeks at that job. It's awful. <laughs> like I, the people are great, but I was just like, this is why I don't want to do this anymore. I, so, and I go to CCL. Um, and I am scared. Like I'm looking for every excuse to not go. I get in the room. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know any of these people. I meet Pauline Longdon. I have no idea who she is. I feel like I make a jackass of myself. I sit at a table with Paris Lampropolis. No idea who this person is. Like, I do not know what is going on. I'm <laughs> so lost and so scared. Um, and part of, and I have like no money either. Right. So I, I use all my money to get down there. I use all my money on the hotel and then everyone's going out to these lunches and they're all going to these like expensive places. And I'm like, I can't, I can't afford that. So when everyone's going on break, like they're all going out and, and socializing and I'm using that as a break to like I'm scared and I go to like a subway and I get a sub and then I run into my hotel room and I go hide um you know what I mean and but then on the first day they announce a, a copy contest it's like for the money map press boot camp because this is how they they kind of vet writers and then they'll offer you opportunities and so I was like okay you know, that's something that I can do. Like I'm here, I'm going to get the content. I'm going to try and talk to people, but I know I'm not great at that, but I can do this contest. And that's a stretch for me. Like just get, just get reps in. And like, this is my opportunity to get my copy in front of like really high level people like, you know, Henry Bingaman and Mike Ward and all those types of people were the people who were going to be in Marcella Allison, very key, um, that were going to be reviewing that copy. And I'm like, you know, even if it, even if it, doesn't go well and like nothing happens of it, at least I took the shot and I put my copy out there and, 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 who knows, right? So when everyone else is going out and like socializing at the bar, it's not something that I'm good at. I don't, I don't really drink a lot, um, all that kind of stuff. I just go up to my room and I'm writing my copy. I submit it. Uh, the next day they go on to announce people and I'm like, yeah, everything's great. And you know, they're, they're going through like special mentions and then they do third place and then they go second place. And then they're like, oh yeah, we actually had a tie for second place. And they start reading out the copy that was the tie for second place. And it was me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I had to go get on stage, which I was like not expecting. Uh, and a good friend of mine was actually sitting at the table. Now he's in CA. I think it was uh, Lauren uh, Penelis. And uh, so that was a surprise because I like, I recognized my own copy. And then Pauline Longden, of course, absolute queen, um, takes first. And in my books, I was like, Pfft. Like, that's obvious. Like, she's she's amazing. Of course, she would take first. So I'm like, that doesn't even count to me. I'm like, I feel like a winner. This is incredible. I get to go out to dinner with the whole Money Map Press team. They're already trying to bring me down to Baltimore. I'm like, that's not happening. I have a family and stuff up here. Um, but it was really cool. And then I got the opportunity to do the Money Map Press boot camp. And so for me, like, it was hard and I did not want to do it. And I put it off for so long. But then getting out there was what changed things. When that happened, um, my copywriting mentor at the time took notice because I, I shared that win in that group and he ended up offering me a job with him that was an in-house job. It was a retainer. It was the most money I had ever made as a copywriter. I was getting to work with my hero. I was so excited about it. And so that, that really opened doors for me. Now, unfortunately, like fast forward a few months and that opportunity um, really didn't work for me. It quickly became toxic. It was just not a good fit. Uh, everything that I was writing was failing. I was like, never mind. I suck at this. Everything is awful. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. And and so, you know, this round two of it's like, maybe I'm all right at this. No, 
And it's like, ah, maybe, maybe I'll write at this. And it's like, no, you absolutely suck at this. Probably you should give up and never write sales letters ever. Like I legitimately got told at this point, like, yeah, you, you probably just can't write sales letters. Like maybe you should just not do it. Um, and just stick to like Facebook ads and emails. Like, is that wow. supposed to be what you're good at? Yeah. And you know, this was coming from like, I'll, I'll respect, I have no hard feelings these days, but it, you know, it was coming from someone that I really respected that I was learning copywriting from. And it was just like, it, it hit hard. And I felt like I was trying to do everything that I could do to make it work. And I didn't understand why it wasn't working. And that's going to segue into what I do now, because there's just so much around copy that we don't control as copywriters. Um, and so if we're building these careers just as copywriters, that's the thing that we really have to understand. And we really can't take our results to heart because, you know, we can, we can write the best words ever, but depending on like the structures that have been set up, you know, what kind of relationship the audience has you know, with this business and all that kind of stuff, that stuff that we don't explore, um, we don't really get insight into, you know, sometimes the business owners don't even know, um, all this kind of the economics of the business. There's a lot of opportunities for things that we just don't control to take away the power of the copy. Um, which means it's not going to convert and we can kill ourselves trying to write copy that's going to convert, but it's just, we're just not set up for success. Um, and, and so that was what was happening with that client. Eventually they ended up firing me. Um, so I got, I got fired by that client. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like the honesty, Sam. I do have to say, most people will not say they're like, Oh, well, I just moved on to something else. You're like, I got fired. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, yeah. You know, things happen. Right. Right. Because, because it wasn't a good match. And that was the thing is I, as I was taking that really like hard on myself, I was taking this, all these failures. And I was like, this means that I can't do it. Um, but in reality, what that means is I couldn't do it in that context. It was not the right context for me. There was a lot of reasons why. So it was like setup of the business. It was, it was the, the offers that we were trying to do was a mismatch, um, on like a lot of levels between the offers, the audience, the types of systems we were trying to use. Um, the market had shifted and we had not shifted with it. Um, all kinds of stuff that I can see now. And then most importantly, it was like the, the work context and the, the hours that were, that were demanded, the pacing, um, the level of stress. Like I know now because Pauline Longden is one of my mentors and which is something that she always tells her mentor her mentees is you cannot write through cortisol, like cortisol turns off the creative part of your brains. But we were being constantly put under stress under under these really tight deadlines, which means the quality of the work that you're going to put out is naturally it's like, it's like 10% of you of your full potential. Um, that that sort of thing. And so there's just a lot of reasons why stuff wasn't working. And so I tried and I tried and I tried and I, I got fired. But the, the way that I was fired and the reasons that I were given, I was given at that point, I had this moment of clarity where I'm like, Oh, you know, this isn't me this is, this is not on me. I can't take responsibility for this, which was a big moment for me because I take everything personally and I make it my responsibility. <laughs> um, but when I had that epiphany where I'm like, you know, the things that are, that I, I'm being told are my fault can't possibly be my fault. Like that is over and above what I do as a copywriter. I'm here to write words. Um, I'm not creating the offers. I'm not doing all that kind of stuff, which, which, which means I have no control over it. And so it was, it was too much pressure. Like copy is important. It is a foundation on which you're going to build the business, but there are so many constraints that are either going to hinder how well your offer can do or really explode it. And that's kind of what I'm looking into now and getting, uh, getting a lot better at now, as far as like CMO stuff. Um, but anyways, that, that was the client. Um, I'm ultimately grateful for them because one, lots of really great life experience. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what didn't work for me, all that kind of stuff. And then two, they are the ones who put me in copy accelerator the first time when it oh. was just the full program. Yeah. So that's how I got in there. And I was able to, you know, I was getting feedback from Stefan and Justin regularly on the ads and the emails that I was allowed to write. You know, I did a couple, I did a sales letter. I was given another chance to do a sales letter. I did it with them. The issue then became that I wrote the sales letter in like a CA style for like a direct response audience. That was not the style that they wanted because they were a more branded approach. And so I, I went, I did this letter. I was so proud. Justin's like, you know, for your first letter, this is phenomenal. You did a great job. I gave it to them. And they're like, no, it's awful. Uh, it's, it's too aggressive. And I was like, I can't win this battle. Um, you know, and so 
it, it helped me to understand like it, it was very clear to me. I'm like, there are just different ways to go to go about this. And there are a lot of constraints that, I, that I'm not in control of with with clients. And so I started to really understand that. And then when I got fired because I had made those connections in Copy Accelerator and I had been pushed to really use those resources, which I might not have on my own. Like, I'm fully honest about that because I was really stuck in I'm an introvert. I'm not good at this. I don't want to be seen. Um you know, I wouldn't turn my camera on. I would have to get on camera and like, you can, you can hear it. Cause there's still recordings. And I went back and watched them. You can hear like my voice is like shaking. I'm scared. I'm like on the verge of tears because I'm scared of being judged, all this kind of stuff. But I, I you just had to do it. And then the more that you do it and the more you're like, okay, I survived it. Like the easier it gets. You're like, all right, it didn't kill me. I'll survive. It's fine. Um, so then all the connections and stuff that I made and everything that I learned there, when I got, when I got the two weeks notice from, from my, um, my only like client at that time and my biggest one and my copy mentor and kind of like everything that I had built up my copy dreams around. And he was like, that's the end of us. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. But I had that like bounce back moment. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to like hustle. I got to get something going. I just bought this place that I'm in now because I was trying to like create an environment for myself in which I could be more productive so I could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a month later after I, I sign a year long agreement on this place and buy like $10,000 of furniture to furnish it. He's like, you're fired. I'm like, ah, <laughs> Um, so back to I square just, one. Did you, you stayed I, where I, you, I, I'm assuming since you're living there, you, you, you just decided to, to, to stick around. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this is, this is what great stories have. And you, you touched upon a couple of things. I just want to kind of highlight, yeah. um, the first thing is I'm an extrovert. I am like, I can talk anybody's ear off. I can have a conversation with like my mouse pad. If I had, you know, like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I was just a natural born salesperson. I, I, I always worked in sales and stuff like that, but I, I am also non-confrontational and I don't like, like, if I don't want to work with somebody, I don't want to be like, um, I don't want to work with you because of this, this, and that. So I'm always like, ah, really busy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then like, okay. I, I like instruct like, uh, okay, well you get back to them after 48 hours. Sorry. I was out. I didn't, you know, I didn't see you. You just kind of delay your, your, your responses. I kind of feel like when I get that from somebody, I, I, I recognize it in myself. I'm like, okay, this person doesn't want to work with me and we'll just move on. And and like, whatever, you know, the other, just a, a, question that I have for you, like after, you know, this journey and so forth, you're a fantastic copywriter. You have great mentors. I have to say, Pauline is, uh, I don't know why, I, why does everybody love Pauline? I'm going to send this episode oh my God. to Pauline. She's, she's tell amazing. She, I no, just talked like, to her and so I'm like, easy to love her I because, love this because, woman. Like, yeah, she's no, just like, she has a, a presence about her that you just like, you just want to, I just wanted to hug her when I met her. I was like, I just want to hug her. I, I like her. Yes. Uh, a deep and genuine like empathy and understanding of other people, which is why her copy is so good. And it's also why she's a copy chameleon, um, right? She can write in any vertical and it's because, you know, she's going down over and above. We're not looking at copy principles. We're not just looking at marketing principles and how markets work or just people, but how people work in this limited bubble of sales, you know, she, and, and then by like extension, this is something that I've been doing as well. And part of the reason that I've been growing so fast is you're, you're looking at psychology in general. You're looking to understand people. I think what people don't really understand about copywriting is, it's, it's simpler than it seems like, yes, there's all kinds of things you can do, but there's all different kinds of structures you can use about it. But the, the biggest thing that you do in copy is you make your reader feel understood. Yeah. Right. And to do that, you need to have genuine empathy for their situation because they, they will sense when you are being fake about it. Um, and so the difference between copy that converts and copy that doesn't is very typically how well you understand your audience and how well you can make them feel understood. Um, then you can present new solutions to their problems and they'll be willing to listen to you because they feel that you actually understand them. People won't listen to you if they don't think you actually understand 
what you're what it takes you're, it takes research through. it takes talking yeah. to people it takes getting coaching it also takes you know I find like being there's a lot of people that are good at things like, you know, you can be very good at something, but if you don't know how to, for example, network to get your leads, to get the work, to get, you know, all that stuff, you can be like bang your head on a wall. Cause you could be like, well, I'm, you know, I I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. Great. Everybody's telling you you're good or people like your copy, but if you're not networking, you're not talking to the right people, you're not going to get the jobs. You're not going to get you know, the opportunities and, and, you know, and I love that you said that because that was exactly what my problem was. And that is that, and that is the difference in how you, you accelerate your growth loops is you need to be around other people who are doing what you're doing. Um, everyone always says this, you're, you know, you're the, the genesis of like the five people around you, all that kind of yeah. stuff, but, but it's true. And, and for a lot of different reasons. And then I also wanted to touch on too, that you were mentioning when you're trying to network, you know, it's scary, right? Cause you don't know anybody. And then you have this, you put this immense pressure on yourself that you have to like meet and talk to everybody, um, or it's not going to be worth it. Or you have to meet one person that you get a job from, or it's not going to be worth it. Um, and it's really hard to do that when you're on your own, because you're using so much energy just to be present and make yourself comfortable. You don't have kind of like a safe base. And so a lot of what we're doing and have been doing with the accountability programs and the coaching programs within CA is these are smaller groups. And, and the reason why is, is, you know, you dip your toe in with the community and you create your posse in a smaller, safer space that is just for you guys. And then from your safe base, now that you have this established, you are able to then go out into the wider community and start sharing more wins and sharing more of what you know and showing up on calls. It's a step-by-step process. Like when people ask me how I went from, you know, basically being in tears on these calls with my camera off um, to camera all the time. Now I'm hosting calls. Like I just finished hosting calls for the guys because they're both at masterminds this week. It's, it was step-by-step. So, you know, voice, then it's like, okay, drop some comments, like just try and be present. It's like, it doesn't even have to be value bombs. It's just like, make a joke. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to start building up that, that little bit of comfort. So make, make some comments. Then it's like, turn on my camera and start making some comments. Then it's like, Oh, every once in a while, I'll use my voice and my camera and make comments. And then it's like, now I go to the group and I'm like, I'll leave a comment. I used to, and I used to do this so often in the, in the groups. It's like, I would make a comment and then I'm like, I'm not sure if this is actually helpful. I don't know what, what I'm talking about. I don't want to be called out, so I delete it. But I would have made the comment to start with. And then like later on, it's like, okay, so I leave more comments there. You know, people start reacting properly. So I start commenting on more things. Feedback is still good. So it's like you create this positive feedback loop. But if I was not in this space and trying to interact with people, um, it just wouldn't have happened. And the, the biggest thing for me was I picked one space and I was like, this is my space where I'm going to get comfortable, where I'm going to get to know people because I know myself enough to know that I cannot keep up with like a zillion groups or I couldn't at that point. I'm still only really very active in Copy Accelerator, but I'm around other places now as well because it, as you get practice in it, it takes less and less of your energy. It's less and less difficult. You build your comfort up, you build your muscle up, and then you, you have more energy left to expand, to continue to grow. And it becomes a lot more automatic. But it's not like, you know, if you're expecting this change overnight – that it's just not going to happen. It's the same thing with people come and they're like, you know, what's the fastest way to go from zero to nothing in copy? And I'm like, that's just zero not, to 10K I, is what I hear. Why do I get yeah, to 10K? It's like this magic number that like is stuck into a lot of people's brains, but it's you know? Not. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing too, is a lot of people come in and they think I'm not successful unless I'm making 10K, unless I have these claims. And one of the other things that I, I really try to put back on people is like the way that you define success is entirely up to you. Like the biggest success for me in my, in my first year copywriting, I wasn't even like really copywriting um, that much. I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was making enough money that I didn't have to work a regular job and I got to stay home and I got to learn about this full time, which is something that I really enjoy. Like for me, um, my biggest strength is like ideas, curiosity. I'm endlessly curious, which is why I don't have one specific niche that I write copy in because that that's my biggest strength. I'm very curious. I take in inputs from everywhere and that's what allows me to make different and new connections that other people won't see. Um, and, and so because this, my job allowed me to do that, that is success to me. 
know what I mean? Um, and, and you can keep redefining and expanding what success is to you. But I just think, you know, this, this number that is, oh, now I'm successful because I make 10k. It's like, if, if your expenses in life are 12k, then you're not successful at 10k. Like, we don't, we don't know what your context and your situation no, it's, is. It's, it's so funny that you say that, because, you know, when I started, uh, for me, it was, I want to make um, six figures. I was like, I want to make a hundred K. Um, I don't know. It was just, it's just a number you just come up with. Cause it sounds interesting to say that you do that. And I, I always say this, you know, I have nieces and nephews and, um, you know, uh, younger people in, in my sphere. And I'm like, if you can make a living, just a living, doing something that you want to do, it's better than making double that working for something that drains your soul. You know what I mean? So I would yes. gladly do what I'm doing uh, instead of work for somebody where I'm like every morning, you're like, Oh no, I gotta go to work. I don't want to yes. do this, you know? So, well, and the very interesting thing that I've noticed that happens very commonly is like you, we set these like random, um, just markers of success. All right. So someone decides 10 K is what it was, what makes me successful at this, even though what they, what they really only need is like three to five K to replace their full-time job. And they have what they've gained is so much more freedom, so much more, um, like peace, peace of mind, flexibility. They like, they've gained it already, but they're not seeing it. And what they do then is they continue aiming and aiming and aiming and like hustling and working hard for that 10 K goal, because it doesn't feel like success until that 10 K goal. And then when they finally hit it, they have sacrificed the initial stuff that they were trying to get into this business for. Now they're working all these ridiculously long hours that, you know, they're still missing dinner times. They're working in the evenings. They're not sleeping. They're run ragged because they're managing too many clients. Their clients don't respect them. So now instead of having one shitty boss and like a couple co like colleagues that you hate, you have like eight shitty bosses and you hate all of them. And it's like nonstop. And it's, it's even less consistent because you know, this, this client does this and that client does this and they all have different expectations. Everybody wants to be number one in your books. It's like, you, you've built yourself into a, another and worse job because you didn't have, you didn't understand like from the beginning, like what it is you need the money for. Like money is not the be all end all. Right. And so I'm talking to like, I'm, I'm mentored by um, Alan Sultanich. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is money plus one. Like everything that you do is yes, you need money because money is a, is a very important tool in the way that our, our world works. Absolutely. But it's a tool. And then it's plus one. What else are you getting from this interaction? It has to be some level of fulfillment, some level of are you learning something new data? Are you getting an inside look? Are you getting um, a win that you can use to help you reach more people that you can then help? Like it cannot just be money. And a lot of people really get focused on that. And it's very easy to fall into traps of comparing yourself, comparing numbers, even comparing conversions. I hate when people are like, oh, it's not converting at 2%. So it's not successful. <laughs> no, those numbers are so context dependent and really dependent on the economics of a business, whether they are successful or not. A lot of businesses are scaling and they're scaling in the negative, but they make it all back up on, on the, the back end. And that's how their business is built. Another, another business, like a 0.5% or conversion on the front end is crushing it for them. They're doing tons and tons of sales versus a different business. 0.5 means like they're going deep, deep into the red and that offer is not working. So it's, it's when I hear people throwing out these numbers like that, that's something that you have to recognize too, is everything is context dependent and copy is only one piece of that, that pie, which is a big reason why, you know, I love copy. I love the magic that is writing words for people um, that inspire them to go ahead and take different actions that are going to get them results, you know, and this is why I choose my products carefully as far as like what I write for. Um, but ultimately, copy is, copy is limited, copy is the foundation, and, and there are other constraints around it that keep it from being as effective as it could be. And so that's what I'm doing now and working on now, because after kind of like rising up through the ranks and through copy accelerator. And I'm, I'm now leading all the coaching programs. So I don't just lead the accountability. I also lead the one-to-one -one coaching, um, and the group coaching and, and all that kind of stuff. The, these are all in my domain. I, I am the director of success. Um, and, and so 
I'm, I'm at this, this level here where I, I've seen it. I'm coaching other people. I'm leaving feedback in groups all the time. I'm copy chiefing um, my own mentees and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's this level of you keep coming back to the same issues, which is that copy is limited and you can try and try and try and you can write different copy different ways and you can take all these angles. But if there is something broken in the economics of the business or the offer is not right, there is not a lot that your copy can do to fix it. And so for me, that is why I'm, I'm now really focused on and expanding my skill set into, you know, what are the other conversion op, uh, like boosters? What are, what are the sales processes that are we that we are working in? What are the um what is the relationship like between this audience and what are the buying patterns and breaking them out into like men buy very differently than women. And in this market, especially uh, there hasn't been a lot of female input. So there's not a, there's not a deep understanding of, of how women buy. A lot of our sales processes are built for men um, around how men buy, but women buy very differently. So there's like all this other kind of stuff that you can look into it in these businesses that, that will remove constraints uh, um, so you can keep playing with copy and you can get like a, a, a two, you can change your conversion rate from two to 3% and you can get like a 20% boost or a 30% boost here and there. But when you have these constraints, you're limited versus when you take them off, then, then you could like two times, three times, four times, like the, the, the amplitude that of change that you can make is, is different. And so that's kind of where I've gone now is like, what that allows me to do is I do still enjoy writing copy, but I can then go in and remove the constraints around my copy and give myself a better chance of success first. <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 the thing that, you know, you mentioned here, a couple of things, cause Sam, you're giving us a lot of gold here. Um, <laughs> you know, gold here is accountability, you know, like yeah. you said, coaching accountability. So, you know, in order what I see and what I hear, you know, just kind of with my non-copywriter hat, just like a business owner had here is, you know, and, and it comes back, whether you're, you're copywriting or whatever you're doing, you know, having accountability, um, is very important to your success and also getting coached, yes. you know, co it could be coached, could be a whole bunch of different things. It could be in a coaching group. It can be in a, a group of peers, hearing other people's opinions about your, your, your work and leaving your ego at the door, because, yeah. you know, if you have, you cannot get insulted. If somebody says, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in this, or I don't like this, or, you know, I, I would do this differently. And sometimes people are right. Sometimes the people are wrong, but the interesting thing that you mentioned is, you know, not all numbers apply to everybody. Yeah. I, I do this, like, this is my numbers are my game. And, you know, when I get a new client and stuff like that, the first thing I do, and I tell them this all the time, okay, you know, here's a couple of questions. They give me their data and I'm like, great. We're working together. Here's the agreement. Now give me access to the data. First of all, most people don't know their numbers. Yep. They don't nobody. Oh, my, my, uh, conversion upsell one is this. No, it's not. <laughs> and so <laughs> numbers are my thing. I'm good with spreadsheets and stuff like that. So I, I love that because if you don't know what your benchmark is, it's not going to work. So if you're a copywriter and you're not getting the results, you're not getting the numbers of what's happening right now, it's hard to say if you're successful or not. Right. How and would you know? You know, that's the key that I want to come really back to when it comes to accountability and coaching, because when you're first starting out in this business and, and you will hear this a lot, and I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people around uh, and this is even a belief of theirs that they're like, you know, you're only as good as your numbers. But the fact of the matter is because numbers are so context dependent, you, you cannot take that to heart. Right. So as a copywriter, if I, I've written tons of great copy, I've gotten to work on amazing projects. I get to, you know, I've written for I am sweaty one for Mike Tyson and like all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm working with companies doing, you know, 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, all this kind of stuff. I'm coaching all these, these copywriters. I'm seeing amazing copy. I'm writing amazing copy. It still doesn't always work, right? Like no copywriter, no matter how good they are, 
hits it out every time. And a lot of the time that's because there are, there are um, other constraints that you're not seeing. And so as a copywriter, if you are working in the dark, you're going to take all that personally and say that you are bad at writing copy when that is not the case. There's just other limitations around how your copy is being used. Where is it being placed? You know, as the media buying team, do they know what they're doing or are, are they showing it to the right audiences? Are they, are they segmenting? Are they relying on a pixel that doesn't work anymore? All of this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why having a community around you that can reinforce, yes, you are writing good copy and help you to then optimize and iterate. A lot of other people also expect that you're going to write copy. It's, it's it like you put it out and it either it hits or it fails. And if it fails, you're a failure. And that's not true at all. Most copy that wins big is an iterative process. And you're putting out you're putting out different copy, you're testing out different angles, you're seeing what works, you're refining, you're, and you're trying to look for, you know, where is the miss? And this is how most of the, the biggest companies have gotten where they are today is this constant process of iteration on copy. And so you know, I have a lot of mentors even like, um, and like eight figure business owners who are like, if I'm not failing 90% of the time that I'm not winning, <laughs> like I cannot get to the 10% of the time that I'm winning it and win big. But you, it, as a copywriter, when you fail, it like hurts you <laughs> to the core. And of course, then, then you get a client looking at you like, and I've been in this situation too, no matter how good the copy I write is, if it doesn't work, then they're like, oh, you're not actually as good as you say you are. You're not as good as I thought you are. And then they don't want to hire you again. And that puts a lot of pressure on you. And so what you need is a community around you to remind you that that is just not how stuff works. And everyone is susceptible to these biases and, and to these um, like kind of mental uh, what is it called? Like a, like a distortion. And so, you know, if a client has hired you and they were hoping that your copy was going to save their business and it didn't save their business, then of course it's natural for them to be like, Oh, you know, it's your fault. They want to, everyone, everyone wants to shift, shift blame away. Right. Like they were hoping this was the solution that wasn't the solution. So like, okay, you're not the solution. And then they want to go try something else. Right. So as a copywriter, you have to remember that you can only be as good as your clients allow you to be. You have to have coaching to give you your best shot at everything. And the way that you get your best shot at everything is, is collective experience right? Your, your experience on your own is limited, no matter how long you've been around. But as long as when you have a group of people around you, you have collective experience. And so what have they already tried that, that doesn't work? You know, what is their hit? What is their miss? And, and this is accelerated growth. You don't have to go through and experience all these things by yourself because you can, you can draw on the experiences of everyone else around you so that you can take better guesses earlier on in the game. And that's how you grow faster and get bigger wins faster. That's where accountability really comes in in community. It's very important. I love that accelerated growth. You can, you know, and I do this too. Like I network with other people who are competitors of mine. And I'm like, why would you? Because I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know everything. Yes. So I need to know. So I want to talk to somebody. And, and you know, I think there's, you know, I don't, I don't get this. Like when people are like, you know, uh, don't give out information or don't tell people that I'm not really afraid of like no. somebody stealing my thunder or anything like that. I'm always free to just tell somebody asks me a question. If I know it, I'll give them the answer, save them some time, let's move on and, and so forth. So that's, that's the interesting part is that, you know, accelerated growth, getting more information quickly so you can get better at your craft. Yeah. And so think about it. The way that I think about it like this is a lot of people think, and, we, and, and it is true to an extent, like they're like, oh, copywriting is like a solitary activity. Like you get your assignment, you take it away, and then you're sitting and you're thinking and you're a creative process. You're drinking your whiskey, if that's part of your thing, or like, you know what I mean? And then, and then you're writing and you're writing and you're writing and you're writing. And then you're like, it's amazing. Or, you know, whatever, which is usually not the case, actually. Typically, by the time you get to any project you've been working yeah. on so long, you're like, I don't even know what's happening. This is awful, but it's a deadline. And then you throw it out and you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever written. And then your client comes back and they're like, this is the best thing you've ever written. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> Um, you know, so that, and that's normal too. Like one thing that I want people to understand too, if, if they're looking to get into copywriting in general is one doubting yourself is like, it, it almost never goes away. I think if, if you don't doubt yourself, um, 
you either are arrogant, <laughs> which I mean, that could, you can play to that, um, narcissistic, or in general, it's, um, you're, you don't care, right? So doubting yourself and whether you're doing a good job is a sign that you care to do a good job. Um, and so that is a positive feedback. But anyways, what, what I wanted to get at too is, is everyone thinks that it's an isolated thing. Like, oh, this is an individual sport. It's not. Copywriting and every sport, even if it's only one person thing, is a collaborative sport. And so when I'm looking at the coaching programs and the way that I'm viewing our coaching programs, especially with NCA, is this is how you accelerate your feedback loop. So think about the coach is not out there on the field. You still have to do it. But what they're doing is they're standing on the sidelines and they're telling you and showing you what your blind spots are. And they're showing you where you're potentially going wrong. And they're giving you that feedback in real time so that you don't have to figure it out like in the middle of a match. Yeah. Right. And try and, and try and spot these patterns yourself because you're both trying to do and analyze. You cannot work like that. And so when you have a coach, you get to focus on doing your only job is to do reps, 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 reps. Your coach comes in and tells you, you know, here's what we're focusing on. Here's our goals. They're going to break down the process for you. And it's, it's like basically one thing at a time. Here's here's where you're going wrong. Let's correct that. Here's where you're going wrong. Let's correct that. Here's where you're going wrong. Let's correct that. Um, and they can do that because they're on the sidelines. And then you listen to them. And that gives you accelerated growth. It accelerates your growth cycles. And this is for anything, you know, yeah. if you're in, in weight loss, uh, like I was telling you, you know, when I, when I got pregnant, I gained a lot of weight and then I was thin before. And then I figured I'd just be thin again. It didn't work. I was like, well, this yeah. is not working. Something's yeah. different. And, you know, you need a coach in so many things in life. And I don't know why people are so ret reticent to say, like, oh. I'm always asking for help. I'm like, Hey, can you like, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? Because you know what? I have limited number of hours a day. So if somebody can, you know, obviously you get feedback and you use it as you, you don't, you know, not everybody you gotta, has you have amazing to take feedback. What works yeah. for you, right? You, you have, have to, to use to what works for you. Exactly. So first, if you find a coach, you might find one coach, not really like that person switch. You got to find somebody that jives with your personality. Um, yes. But you know, the important thing is getting feedback so you can grow quickly, having accountability, like you said, having the accountability of somebody saying, Hey, did you, you know, you said you were going to write all day. I, I like to say certain things out loud because once I say them, they're out in the universe and now yeah. everybody knows Maria said she will yeah. start a podcast because I had, I actually just for everybody listening, CA, which, which is what, um, Samantha's talking about is copy accelerator. We'll put a link down below so you guys can kind of check out the program if you want to. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I, you know, I, I was part of this, this group and, um, you know, the interesting thing is at one point I really wanted to start a podcast. Stefan, who's one of the, the owners of the program had started a podcast and I was like, I'm not a writer, but I do like talking to people. I like having meaningful conversations. So that's my thing. It's not writing. It's this, I was like, I feel like I have a lot to say and I feel like I can help a couple of people. And I, and you know, with, with what I know and I want to share my knowledge and I, it, it took me so long just to get to the point to say it. And then I said it at one point during one of the, the calls. And then, um, I, like two months later, I was working on it, thinking about it, just constantly back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes you just have to like, you know, you have a sales letter, you just have to put it out there and test it. Cause you can't like keep looking at it because it's like, it's nothing's going to change. So that was what was happening with my podcast. It took me yeah. six months to launch it. Cause I kept, I don't like this color. And, this, this I remember and, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then at one point, Stefan actually said to me, he's like, Hey Maria, did you launch your podcast? And literally my heart went to my stomach and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm never going to fucking launch this podcast. And then I was just like, I I'm just launching. That's it. I'm just going to launch. And I just went for it. And I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll get better and stuff like that. So, you know, accountability is super important. It's helped me. And I know that it's helped you and, you know, your, your, your networking skills, 
I mean, I can attest to that. I didn't, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know that there, there are a couple of people that I've met in this journey that always stick to me and they happen to be Canadian. I'm just saying you and Gerline, <laughs> Gerline as well. It's oh just, my God. I love Gerline. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Gerline. I'll, I'll link her episode below. I did an episode with Gerline and I love to have people who are younger and have that drive because I recognize myself a little bit in it because I just, I wanted so much when I started, I was like, people don't get it. I just, I, I'm just going to be out there. I'm just going to talk to everybody. Da, 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 da. And, and I, at many times in, in, in the early days of my career, I was shot down. I was like, you know, some, you know, you get called sweetheart sometimes. It's like, Oh my God, uh, no, that's the worst. Yeah. Like, or, or, you know, yeah, sweetheart. I'm like, Oh, it's so condescending. that's a whole other, we can do yeah, a whole, that's other, a whole other conversation. That's like. but, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, um, just to see that people, you know, everybody thinks the same. And every time I get somebody on the show and we talk about this, whether they're, you know, a 50 year old white male that's been in the business for 30 years, everybody's self-conscious about just fucking talking to people. It's like, it, it's, it's the, the easiest thing yet the hardest thing to do. So, you know, keep in mind, you know, anybody's listening, like Sam said, you know, accountability and coaching is to me, like if we were to summarize this conversation, these are the two things. And obviously networking, yeah. networking, <laughs> accountability and coaching have gotten you in four years. In circles, right? when, when you put, when you put out the effort to go find people to be accountable to and, and the right space for you to do that and, and to go uh, coach more, then you end up in circles with other people who also value those things. And then you build relationships with those people. And typically those are your people who then connect you to other opportunities. Right. And so all these things are linked, but basically the, the gist of it in my, in my books is like, you, you cannot do this alone. It, it is a collaborative sport. And at no point is anybody who is successful in this business, not getting coached. They just change the type of coaching that they're getting. So like, I still get, I I've have something like four or five mentors right now. I have more mentors than I've ever had before. And I'm at this level of, of success. The, the more successful you get, the more you invest in and continue to go get coaching from other people who are still ahead of you. There's always going to be someone ahead of you. So it's like, you know, people like Stefan still get other people to look at their copy. They're amazing. They still get other people to look at their copy. They still get other people to tell them that their copy is not doing what it needs to do. You can be too close to something all the time. We can, cannot do this alone. Um, we, nobody, nobody succeeds alone. Nobody builds these giant empires alone. There are always other people there in their corner. The other thing that I always like to talk about too is like this idea of confidence that we were talking about earlier and how, you know, confidence is, it's not an internal trait, like that self-efficacy and self-esteem confidence is external because it is how other people are viewing you. And so it changes situation to situation and you cannot have confidence without other people um, to help, to help you with that. And so the way that I like to think of it is, you know, I still have times where I'm like, what am I doing? Complete, you know, imposter. Like I, I should be here. Like I just joined an, like a new mastermind and I'm having like an amazing time. I'm loving it. I'm like the dumbest person in the room. And that's a great thing. That's the other thing I want to focus on is, is the first time I was in this situation, I was like, I don't belong here. Ah. And then I just got into a new situation where I put myself into a room on purpose where I'm the dumbest person in there because then I have the biggest and fastest growth trajectory. Like I can do nothing but learn from these people and get better at what I do. Um, but anyways, the point that I was thinking it, it, that I was getting at is you are going to outsource your, outsource your confidence at first. It's going to be hard for you to have confidence in yourself because you don't have a lot of experiences to draw from, and you, but you have to go get them. And to give yourself the confidence to go get them, you need to get feedback and coaching and accountability from other people who do believe in you and you outsource your confidence from them. So anytime in my career where I have been low, I have people that I go to that remind me, yes, I can do this. Yes, I have written good copy before. Yes, I have made money doing this before. Yes, I can do it again. This sort of stuff, right? So it's like, I, I, and when I can't believe myself, I'm like, but this person who I respect believes me and this person who I respect believes me and this person who I respect believes me. And if they believe in me, then I need to, um, 
really value that. Like if I really expect respect them, why am I going to think that my opinion of myself is better than theirs and more accurate? Interesting. This is, this I mean, is, you can flip that a couple different ways, but like when I have low moments, that's how I reframe it. I'm like all these incredible people that I really look, look up to believe in me. So one, I don't want to let them down. And two, if I truly value their opinions, why, why am I thinking in, in this moment of weakness that I know better than them? Right. When they're the ones ahead of me and that they're the ones I'm going to get help for. And they're the ones who have told me that, yes, this is possible. You got a, you got a little fan club, basically. Right. So you get, yeah. create yourself a little fan club and you have people around you. So, I mean, it's I, so I think important to surround yourself with, with the right people, people with who positive people, you know. Yes. Like you said, and, and you know, you're you're success breeds success when you're around people who are smart, who are, are, you know, willing to try things and encourage, like there's, there's no need anytime you're around people who are bringing you down or telling you, you can't do this. And, you know, when I started my, my, um, uh, my company, it was like, Oh, you have a good job. What are you doing? What if it doesn't work out? I was like, like, I'm in my twenties. If it doesn't work out, I'll just get another fucking job. Like what's who cares? I'm not 80. And even if I were 80, you know, whatever the case is, it's just, there's so many other opportunities, like a job's a job. Like if you have a mouth and you're able to kind of get by, like you can find a job. So if you're, all you're worried about is getting like a job and not taking any risks, that's, you know, obviously people who have families and stuff like that and obligations is different, but, um, you know, we're talking more to the, to, to the younger people or people, even, even people who just want to start over, whether they have a job or not, you know what I mean? Um, at any given time we can start over. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. And, and, you know, I'm so happy. I, I feel like this was such an uplifting conversation. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like jazzed up. I'm like, Oh man, you know, that's Sam. She just made me feel nice. So I, I do recommend uh, anybody listening, you know, we're going to have some links below how to reach out to Sam and how to get more information uh, Sam on how, you know, how, how you, you know, you have your accountability groups groups and, and coaching. I didn't know that you were actually coaching as well. So you're coaching as well. Uh, any last words for our audience, any last piece of advice? Yeah, I mean, so for me, one of the things that that I will say, like, you know, running all these coaching programs, being in CA for so long, it's not your skills that are holding your back. You can you can always, 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 always improve your skills. And there's always room to improve them. And so expecting to be like, you're going to master them and then whatever, like I'm still constantly learning stuff and still learning. It's mindset, man. Often you're very much standing in your own way. And that is why it's so important to have other people who can call you out when you're getting stuck in these things. Like, I don't care if you pay for it or not, but you need to be around people who build you up. And, you know, the, the biggest question to ask yourself when you're like, you know, what if this doesn't work? You need to reframe that. Like, what if it does work, right? What if everyone who believes in you is right? What if you are the one that is wrong? What if it is possible? You need to ask yourself, you need to reframe that negative to a positive because in, in all honesty, they're both equally likely. It just depends on which one that you are prioritizing and which one you're taking actions towards. I love that. So what if it does work? What if it does work, right? To anybody who asks you, oh, you know, what if it doesn't work? Okay, but what if it does? Perfect. That's that's a great <laughs> We're going to use that as a clip also. I I, I love it. It's, it's, you know, we're always like, what if this goes wrong or what if that goes wrong or what if, you know, and what if it doesn't go wrong? What if it actually happens and you get to to live a dream or, or, or succeed in something that you want to succeed in? And I actually personally also, uh, one, one last thought, because we, we've said that I've said that a couple of times, but like, um, I, I don't necessarily frame it like that, but for me, it's more like, you know, if it goes wrong, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, honestly, and, and that's nothing. sort of the thing too. It's like what? any big risk, any big yeah. risk. Okay, so you lose all your money. All right, you go out and make more, right? So when you're standing on the precipice of any big risk, any big like life transition, it's like you, you, there's a, a zillion ways that you could talk yourself out of it. Like you got to ask yourself, but what if it works? 
right? Because that ultimately there's a reason that you're standing there and you want to take that decision and you need to be focused on what is your, your motivating and guiding light. So what if it works and what if it works and you get everything you ever wanted? Is there any other way that you can do that aside from taking this jump? Probably not. Exactly. And, you know, also um, one last tip for everybody listening, don't even worry about the negative stuff because literally yeah. nine times out of 10, it never even happens. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I have I different people in my life. That's, so that's like my number one thing. And I I've lived by this, like for, you know, for the last 10 years, at least I would say, because at the beginning of my career and it's easy to get wrapped up like, Oh, this could happen. That could happen. Stop worrying about what can happen. Cause it's probably not going to happen. You're just wasting your time and your energy just do. And if it happens, you figure it out when it happens. I mean, there's no point in like wasting 90% of your day worrying about everything that can happen because anything can happen at any time. So yeah. anyway, and that's, that's true confidence as like the last thing that I'll say, sorry, I know we said that a couple of times that that is true confidence. True confidence is not knowing that you already know how to do something. True confidence is knowing that you can figure it out and you will figure it out. And whether it's because that's you leaning on your resources, right? Whether it's asking somebody else, going to a mentor, just being able to like Google the answer. I do a lot of Googling still in my life. Confidence is knowing you can figure it out that you have the tools to figure it out, that you are capable as a person of figuring out. It's not knowing that you're the fucking shit and you can do it automatically. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, uh, on that note, I think there's, uh, there's, there's nothing uh, more that I can add. I feel like you just, you just be who you are. It'll work out at some point, at some level. And if you believe as, as, as crazy as it sounds, if you believe that, you know, good is going to happen, it's almost a self-fulfilling prop prophecy. You know what I mean? Like you just, things are going to happen. Something's going to line up, maybe not what you thought, but maybe something else. And you know, it, it is what it is. So, um, see what you're looking for. <laughs> it is what it is. That's how we're going to know. We're going to end it as, uh, this was a very lightning conversation and thank you again so much, Sam, for your time and guys, um, go down below in the show notes and I'm going to have some ways to get in contact with Sam. If you want some coaching or if you want just if you just want to smile, Sam is, you know, I'm opening you up, Sam, to, to just people calling you to, to, so you could cheer them up. Cause you're, just, you're such a happy and nice presence. So I thank you so much for your time and have yourself a great day. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.